Not this time, Satan. Not this time. Okay, nope. we had a little heart attack there. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before, but uh, but I'm, I'm gonna say it again, right? So this one time, I think maybe three or four years ago, uh, we were throwing like the surprise party for my friend's birthday, right? Yeah. And I told her, and I remember clear as day, I told her we were going to my buddy Philip Parker's place, right? Oh no. Right. So, but but you know, plot twist, we weren't. Okay, so, uh, you know, we got super high because, you know, that's when I still did drugs and stuff, okay? Okay. And, and, you know, we were driving there. It was about an hour away, and it was some... I've never been to this person's house, but we just said, fuck it. She has no idea who this person is. Let's invite everybody over to his place, you know? Yeah. So, we, like, walking through the door, and it's like, oh, huzzah, happy birthday, you know, blah, blah. And so, you know, we, we had a good time, stayed, and, um, you know, since I drove the birthday girl there, I, I drove the birthday girl home, right? Okay. So, we were leaving at, like, I don't know, like 4.30 a.m., right? And, uh, and it was like late November, so there was like snow on the ground. It was nice and chilly, you know. And I'm like like half asleep, half high, right? Okay. And like the like the snow on the ground as I'm driving is making these weird shapes. And then suddenly, bro, I get a spook. I'm like, holy shit! There's fucking goblins on the road. And I'm like, and and and, and hang on. And, and, and this is my favorite part. I here's how I talk myself out of it. I'm like, there's no way it can be goblins because it's too cold for them. And that was like my logic, right? And then, so, you know, I come back down and I'm like, all right, yeah, no, we're good. And then I was like, oh, fuck, what if they're frost goblins? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, man, that's my little story. <laughs> that's, that's your opener for this week? I, I think my favorite part of that whole bit was my logic behind it. It was like, nah, dude, it's way too cold for goblins. Not the fact that there are no goblins. goblins it's, it's a, nah, it's too cold for them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're brand of crazy, Gabe. Yeah, man. So let, hey, let's just say are, your socks are phenomenal today, bro. Oh, thank you. I like the they're like a mustardy color. I like yeah. them. You would be actually Colonel Mustard if you were a Clue character right now, bro. Yeah. Speaking about Clue, we gotta we gotta pick up this uh, escape room. Yeah, um, we were talking. I was talking to Nikki about it yesterday. Um, but yeah, man, this is definitely something I want to get back into because a lot of fun, you know, a lot of good times to be had. Good so, copy. But yeah, that's something we want to work on. And I just want to make adjust. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing ahead of time. Because, you know, it just this mic just picks up every fucking noise that it makes. You bought too good of a mic. Yeah, weird. But yeah, so that, that, that is, I like that. Like Zoing Scoops? Oh, I'm just looking at some of these things. We got a little bit of an agenda here today, Gabe. Yeah, we, we, got a, we got a thick agenda. Heavy on the movies. Yeah, For a change. It's good, right? Because we're usually heavy on the music yeah. and games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Ready? Oh, I was born ready. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 87. 87. Yes, wow. sir. Uh, so, we are back. It's a beautiful day. Gorgeous day. But because of such things, uh, every time the weather changes abruptly from one temperature to another, your boy gets sick. Smacked with the sniffles. Every time. And, uh, yeah. So, I'm fighting that a little bit. So, I might have to sneeze. I might have to cough. So, just be prepared for any kind of uh, ambient crazy noise that you may hear in the background. Also, Adriana is cooking food, so if you hear anything, also Good. my dogs Shit. are assholes and don't know how to shut the fuck up. That's another problem that we're having. That's kind of that's kind of mood I'm in today, Gabe. Good copy. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I think the football games got you a little bit on the. It's stress. not even my team, but it's my quarterback. It's my fantasy quarterback. Yeah, copy, copy. So um, he's got me negative four points. Kirk Cousins and any other fellow fantasy owners know what I'm going through right now, bastard. Uh, you better get your shit together, cousins. But it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, we're back. And uh, Gabe, how, how how was your week, buddy? Um, mixed bag again, man. I uh, so we we were talking about Goose Island before we started rolling. Um, neither of us went. Nope. Um, I got hit with some pretty heavy meds on Thursday, so I I wasn't able to drink. And uh, yeah, man, it kind of sucks. I've been on and off. There's like 
five days in September where I'm not going to be on meds. Whoa. So, yeah, Is it still the, the situation that you're Yeah, man. Still the situation. God damn. With the fucking vengeance. Yeah. So Oh, put, no. They put me on some stronger stuff. It seems to be doing all right for right now. But, man, yeah. you know, my liver must... Must be going through a fucking beating, bro. What the? My, my liver just came out of a knocked loose mosh pit. Let's just leave it at that. Oh god, damn man! So that thing evolved into something. Yeah, man. It's something nasty. sinister. Something sinister. Oh, we'll get into something sinister later. Yeah. So how was your week? Uh, my week is fine, man. It was the the run of the mill week. Uh, we're closing in on my birthday next mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, uh, the twenty eighth. Huh? The twenty eighth. Yes, sir. Uh, closing in uh, on the big two five. And I got Friday off, as I mentioned before the show. Good stuff. And I got Monday off. So uh, so we're getting smashed next weekend is what you're telling we're gonna, me? I'm, I'm going to try to break out a board game night, believe it or not. Oh, good yeah. copy. Yeah. Good copy. Try, try to break that out. Couldn't be too late, obviously, because A, my child, B, I'm going to the football game on Sunday. Good copy. So, um, but yeah, that, that's what we're, we're assuming is going to happen next week. We'll see, though. But I'll keep you updated on that front. And we'll be able to talk about some board games and stuff. Good, and other good copy. Stuff. But yeah, other than that, man, like I said, run-of-the-mill bullshit. Uh, yeah, man. We're ready to roll with these topics today? Uh, yeah, we, we got some thickness. Down with the thickness. Yeah. Uh, f- first and foremost, Dark. I want to throw out that uh, Blue Nose Brewery has some fucking excellent new brews. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mentioned them last week. One for my birthday. Seriously, if you're in the area, check them out. Cool. You, you can't go fucking wrong with it. And with that, because uh, obviously you mentioned Goose Island and your on your weekend re- your weekend review, so to speak, uh, I did try to make the trek out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, for, unfortunately for me, but fortunately for them, uh, filled to capacity by eight o'clock. Not even by seven o'clock. Uh, theirs is no more room for any more people, which means they sold a lot of beer, made a lot of money. That's and, good. And donated got a lot of money for charity too, because the entrance fee is charity. So, hey man, people were upset. You know the. Yeah, Adrian, I was like, man, the hipsters are going to riot. I'm like, no, the hipsters don't riot. They aggressively post stuff online. Uh, counterpoint, the hipsters are probably already there. That's a good point. <laughs> no, you didn't see the line like I did, bro. <laughs> yeah, copy that. But uh, uh, so what did we learn? We learned that show up probably before it starts. It's crazy to me because I remember a couple years ago when I went, we just walked right in. Yeah. No line. No There's nothing. no ordeal. And now it's like it's taken out of life of its own. It's good, I man. It's, it's an event. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they put together a hell of an event every single year. So it is what it is. But, you know, I am a little bummed that I couldn't make it out this year. But uh, with that, we were able to go to a little joint in Pilsen called Simone's. Uh, it was actually nice. A nice bar, kind of the industrial feel. Uh, the booths were made out of, like, seatbelts. Very cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so good, good, quick shout-out to them for doing a great job and uh, gentrif- uh, gentrifying Pilsen. But that's besides the point. We're not going to get into that because that's just a different conversation altogether. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so 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 you ready for this first topic on our movies and TV agenda? Yeah. So last week we were talking about uh, a replacement Bond, and of course, uh, with the replacement Bond, we kind of got into the conversation of who would make a good Bond villain. Mm-hmm. So um, who did you bring to the table? I thought uh, Tim Roth from. Ooh, yeah, I think oh, that's be, good. He wouldn't necessarily be like um, the criminal mastermind, but like kind of guy who's on Bond's. He could be like a uh, kind of like what uh, Javier Bardem was, kind of that. A double O agent that kind of lost his mind, kind of deal. Okay, I get that kind so of. You want to go him. for another crazy villain? Yeah, uh, I think he'd do a great job. It's just not necessarily crazy, but he's just always on edge, and you can like, kind of has that Joker feel when he's like on screen. You just make you feel uneasy. You know what I mean? Okay, I like that. So that was one that I thought of. Uh, there was another one that slips my mind at the moment, so I want you to kind of fire away, and then I'll get back to you. Sure. So my first, um, my first kind of Bond villain that I want to see is uh, Colin Firth as a. Not not a uh, your traditional. Uh, huh, huh, huh. Mm. I want to see him as an anti Bond, as strong, as witty, as clever. I want to see Bond evenly matched on that screen, 
physically okay. and mentally. Okay. And I think that's where he would shine. And like younger too? Younger? No, well, they're, they're both probably around the same age. Yeah, but he for, looks first a little young. Or first a little older probably than Craig. You think so? Uh, Colin Firth. Let's look at this up. Colin Firth. Uh, I'm going to say Colin Firth is approaching 50. I'd probably agree with that, but physically he looks younger to me. Okay, that's fair. Um, Daniel Craig just has a... His face looks nice and leathery in, in all, you know, in all the good respects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you, sometimes you just need a good leather bag. Oh, see, see what happened was I confused Colin oh. Firth with Colin Farrell. Oh, that was no, 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 Colin Firth. Okay. Colin Firth. He's 58. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, wow. He's older. Yeah, Holy he's older. shit. Colin Firth as an anti-bond. And the reason I say this was because the, well, the first kind of like thing that came to my mind was Kingsman because Kingsman does a really good the first one at least does a really good satire on the Bond films right yeah kind of pokes fun at it while still being what it's poking fun of you know and um, Colin Firth is like the mentor he's like the Obi-Wan to the young guy Uh to Eggsy Taron Egerton and um, and he does a really fucking good like elegant spy yeah right and I'm like we need something like that in villain form. We need the anti-Bond. Mm-hmm. So it's like those fights where, you know, you keep just blocking each other's punches. Yeah. And Bond is like, dude, how the fuck am I going to beat him? We have the same training. We have the same mindset. And, you know, for whatever reason, Colin Fritz on the other side. So you think kind of the same kind of background that I had kind of pitched for my... I, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't necessarily say a double agent. And the, the trend with these Bond films, the Daniel Craig Bond films, is that he's like, oh, my six is betraying me or oh, this yeah. and that. So, you know, what if like... MI6 is like like Daniel Craig we can't we can't do this. You are, you know, you are enemy number 1 now. Yeah. Because with all the, you know, all the times you saved us, you ruined a whole bunch of other shit because yeah. of you. So now they're like we need somebody to hunt down Bond. Yeah. So you got like M helping him out and you know, and that's pretty much it. Mm. M and uh is Chief still alive? No, he died in uh He died, yeah. He died in Spectre Skyfall? Who? Chief? Chief. Who? I'm sorry, the the villain from um Quantum of Souls showed back up. Yeah, Mr. White. Mr. White showed yeah. back up in Spectre. I want to say was it Spectre or Skyfall? He showed. He showed he, up in one of them. He was in. He was at the end of. Hold on. He we showed up at one. the end of the uh, motherfucking Quantum of Solace. He was. He was. He was in Quantum Casino of Solace. Casino Royale. I'm sorry. He, he was showed at up the, at the yeah. end. He was at the very end of Casino Royale. Showed up up back in. Um, yeah, the, in uh, Quantum of Solace, but I think he might have showed up one once more because they um, they were looking for him. I want to say it was Inspector. Inspector, yeah, he, yeah. He, was, he was sick. Yeah. He was really sick. That's right. So he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, kind of Bond on his own with kind of the the Bonds and the the Bonds, the James Bonds of people he's met, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, th- that was my thing. And you know, uh, last week we kind of mentioned having an older Bond come back, uh, an older Bond actor come back as a villain. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, very cool. But I think Colin Firth would be. Yeah, man, that's like my my go to. That's a good one. Or Mark uh, Strong, who was a fucking. I guess I know I had another one that I'm like, let me save that in the back of my brain instead of writing it down like a normal person would. Sure. And I lost it. I think um, with this game, I think well, because initially I was like actors. Who do I want as an actor, right? And then I was like, I'm approaching this wrong. How, what kind of villain do I want? And yeah. then go by actors. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've had a good variety of, of Bond villains from absolutely ridiculous, laughable, fucking, you know, totally unreal mm-hmm. to the more like grounded in reality and and like Sheaf, you know, that was like wow. Yeah. You know, where yeah. he didn't really do much on the surface. Yeah. But you know, you kind of look into it and yeah. So. 
Uh, well, who's that? Actually, I thought maybe somebody who's maybe doesn't have he's not an actor, but I think he could be a good, an interesting Bond villain would be like Conor McGregor or something like that. Conor McGregor, yeah, kind of like the flashy kind of villain. I think he'd be a good kind of a Bond fit, especially he's, he's Irish too, so that works kind of. But uh, I thought that was interesting. That wasn't the one I thought though. I had one in the back of my head. Okay. Like, oh, that's good, but that's not the one. I, I'll probably revisit this halfway through the podcast. <laughs> It'll come to you. Okay, so um, next piece of uh, next piece of movie talk. Yeah. Have you seen this? I have. All right. So, uh, obviously, Brie Larson starring as Captain Marvel, showing as a younger Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, without the eye patch. Mm. We are. Uh, just talking about some crazy shit. I like the whole opening thing where she falls through the sky and through a blockbuster. I thought that was kind of yeah, funny. that's how you know the movie's dated, right? Yeah. And um, it looked interesting. I wasn't blown away. And I love Brie Larson. Yeah, wow. Brie Larson's excellent. I yeah. think the best part was uh, her punching that old granny in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they definitely went for shock factor there. Yeah. Um, here, here's my, and you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Here's my theory on film trailers. They're supposed to make the movie look good. Yeah. And if there's anybody who's the master of making trailers, it is the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. So they will make you excited for a movie, without a doubt. Yeah. And um, I'm going to wait. I, I, I would say I feel better about it. I wouldn't say that I am gonna like you know 100% be sold on it. So fair enough. It, it it looks good, but you know, like I said, the whole trailer philosophy is make it look good. I agree. Um, like I said, I wasn't blown away by it. Uh, like I said, big 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 Brie Larson fan. Think she contributes a lot. Uh, I think she could do the, this role justice. Um, but yeah, not not totally sold. I'll have to see another one uh, to make a final kind of judgment on it before the movie comes out. Um, but you know, I think she's kind of playing that, that kind of that stereotypical role. You know, um, well, uh, I'm unassuming hero. Uh, don't know who I am. Okay, uh, yeah, kind of a deal. Yeah, good copy. But it so is what it is. We will see Captain Marvel. Uh, get ready to get drenched with another fucking uh, superhero movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, so uh, we are able. Uh, our news finally broke that Kevin Feige, Captain MCU himself, uh, will be at the helm overseeing the integration the integration of x-men into so, the mcu um, i want i want to kind of say something about this right he didn't say that x-men are going to become part of the mcu yeah and that i want to make that clear mm-hmm. he, he didn't like outright say yeah we're going to integrate them into the mcu he's just going to be overseeing the properties is essentially what he's going to be doing that and i believe deadpool as well yeah yeah so uh you have a disney exec looking over this stuff yeah um how do you feel about this uh, Feige has done a good job. Okay. Um, he, has a, he has a clean track record. Yeah, making making uh, these things cl- blend together. Mm-hmm. And like you said, integration is the key term here. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that right away they'll be playing a role into the MCU, but down the line, no doubt. I mean, there's, there's no way they're going to let that slide. Um, but uh, I think he'll do it with respect, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, um, my, my big kind of concern is that under Marvel Fox, um, you know, X-Men has been getting away with some stuff, especially recently movies like Logan got a hard R rating. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, Deadpool 1 and 2, obviously hard R's as well. So my kind of concern is that are we going to, it's a, it's a double-edged sword really is like, are we going to retain it for retention's sake? Or are we going to retain it because it fits the movie? You know, mm-hmm. like with Deadpool, you kind of need that hard R. Yeah. I would say X-Men, you could go it. I wouldn't say it's necessary. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of my concern is that if we're going to get something like another Deadpool movie is really what I'm worried about because, you know, the X-Men could stay PG-13. Yeah. If we're going to get another Deadpool movie, are we going to allow 
the creative freedom and liberties, you know, to the writers, directors, yeah. actors, and all that. My my fear is: Are we just going to take the last twenty years of X Men films and throw them out the window? That's my. Oh, well, we did before. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, but um, you can only do that so many times before people stop giving a shit. Mm. So um, that was uh, me and the girlfriend actually started rewatching the '92 uh, cartoon of mm-hmm. X Men. Yeah, man, it's fucking solid. No shit. Yeah, it's great. But um, yeah, that that's kind of my my concern about it. Like, how, what's what's canon? What's not? What's erasing? What's not? And what where do we go? You know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting integration. And I I have my own issues with how X Men is going at the moment, especially with the next movie being Dark Phoenix and kind of reflecting upon Age of Apocalypse, which I will. You know what? I'm going to do a movie reflection because okay. it's been a while since we've seen it so i'm gonna go back at it and i'm gonna give my my thoughts okay. now that being said you got any closing comments on kevin um best of luck yeah uh it's a big role i think somebody if somebody could pull it off it's him he's he's able to integrate all these characters into or you know like kevin smith but yeah <laughs> but um he was able to you know good bring, stuff so actually yeah. um I, I put this next one down and then you put down the same topic oh uh, is right it? below it so i i left it because i want to make you feel dumb Oh yeah. Uh, so Avatar: The Last Airbender. You're talking about Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta's making a comeback. Yeah. Bringing it out of the slums. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> not really. Uh, so Avatar: The Last Airbender is getting a live action remake um, on Netflix. So mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting. And we have the original writers. Okay. So thoughts, comments. With the original writers, I have faith in their ability to tell the story correctly. Now, um, it's not to say that there's not worry. Because mm-hmm. not all Netflix properties are built the same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so some are better than others. Yeah, by I, miles, and kind, miles, and yeah. miles. Yeah. So um, I think the important thing is kind of relaying off the X Men thing is to make sure that pays respects to the material. Here is my thing, and I know there's a lot of debate whether or not Avatar: The Last Bender is considered to be an anime. Uh, some is like it's a cartoon. It's a uh, it's like that line from uh, from Revenge of the Sith. We grant you the rank of... Uh, it was like, we, ran, we grant you the rank of anime, but you are not an anime or some shit yeah. like that, right? And there's like a lot of debate over that. Whatever it is, it is anime-esque in a sense. You are and, on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. Yeah, you are on this council. We do not re- grant you the rank of anime. Um, <laughs> and, and there's like a lot of debate over that. But uh, the direction I was going with this is that every live action adaptation of an anime that Netflix has done has turned out to be shit. Okay. And so after the Death Note adaptation, I stopped watching because then they hit the ones that I love and the ones that are near and dear to me, like Full Metal Alchemist. I, I have a fucking Full Metal tattoo. I'm not going to watch something that's going to essentially, you know, like soil the property for me. I'm not going to do that. All of them have been shit. All of them have been just dumpster fires. And so I'm hoping that with this, they can start a new era of let's do it and let's do it right. I think any Western adaptation, live action adaptation of anime has fallen incredibly short. Um, well, they weren't actually Western; they were Eastern. Wow. they were from Japan. They're live action adaptations. Oh shit! Funded really? by Netflix, done in Japan. Oh, that were hot trash. Yeah, that's a little bit different, but I mean, yeah, man, it is what it is. The land of do. the rising sun can't replicate it. Then who can? I mean, I think those stories are just better. <laughs> the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> I think those stories are just better told through via, animation. Form. Yeah, through animation. I think. And um. So I, it's kind of interesting because looking back at Avatar: The Last Airbender, there's a lot of 
excellent effects, costumes, mm-hmm. set pieces. Oh yeah, definitely. that's gonna be like, how the fuck are they doing this? How what is Appa gonna look like? All CGI probably. Yeah, it's, it's gonna scary. be all CGI. That kind of sucks. It's gonna be like the Falcon man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess the Falcon had a model. Um, that being said, I have an interesting idea for who should play Aang. Okay. The girl who plays Eleven. I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Mindy Bobby Brown. Something that, like that. Is that the right name? I Mindy mean, Bobby. she's got the buzz cut. You might as well just, you know. <laughs> she's not bald all the time. Copy that. Uh, Thoughts look. and prayers on that? Uh, no, I know. Like I said, I, I like the, the original. I liked Korra a hell of a lot. Okay. Um, so... I care about the franchise. I care about the properties. And, um, you know, like I said, I just don't want to see them ruin it. And kind of the same kind of feeling you had about anime. Obviously, I don't have the same kind of attachment to anime that you do. I, I think Avatar is like the the spot where we can both agree on where we don't want to see this ruined. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think I see Avatar as kind of like the starter deck for anime people. I think that is fair. Yeah. That is absolutely fair. Yeah. It's kind of because it's, it's cartoon, but it's anime. You know what I mean? It, it was, With anime elements. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good blend. Yeah. So, um, it's like a I guess we'll and... wait and see. Uh, and hopefully they don't fuck this up because uh, people care about this shit. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. Uh, but absolutely. it is what it is. Absolutely. All right. You got next stop. All right. Talk so to me. This is just something that I've seen via the internet, and I didn't look delve too deeply because I think it's a horrible idea. Okay. Um, Rainbow Six, not necessarily Siege, not necessarily just, Vegas, uh, just the idea, the mm-hmm. franchise Rainbow Six, is getting a movie. Uh, I guess they're starting to push it through the writing process and through production, and I just kind of want your general opinion. I mean, I know historically, mm-hmm. video game movies have fallen flat in their fucking face, Okay. and I don't see this being any different. Counterpoint. Uh, Huh? Counterpoint. Go ahead. Uh, Rainbow Six is traditionally a novel series. True. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that being said, is Ubisoft involved? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Because I know, I mean, we've made it abundantly clear that Ubisoft cares about their product, and we're mm-hmm. not going to talk about this again. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, I'm actually, let me. They care about their product when it makes them money. If that's not, fair. If it's not making them, that's fair. But like, but, I don't think they'd let a like a B tier movie, or even you know even worse like a C tier, low C tier movie, bypass. And they're like, yeah, well, we're also Rainbow Six. Especially yeah, especially with the Rainbow Six property name. I think that's yeah. the, that's the telling. Because this is a game that rose from number twenty six on like two years ago watch list on Twitch to like number three right now. Yeah, and that's uh, those are big jumps, big leaps, and I don't think. The people that are behind it are gonna let some shit tier garbage get past it. Well, that being said, if it's just being written now, you know, maybe by the time it comes out, Siege will be done, and they're like, well, you know, we it's been a good run. It's been six years. Honest. Well, like my, I, I get there appears a fan base for the story that's built in Siege. I want Vegas. Honestly, I stand by that. I still want to see if if, I, if we're sure. gonna do a movie, I want the Vegas arc. Honestly. Uh, we'll see. I have not read any of the Tom Clancy books, but there's a lot of good stuff in them. Yep. And uh, so we have substance. So we just see if we can pull off the execution. Yep. So that's all it is. Yeah. So thoughts and prayers to Ubisoft. Yeah. Hopefully this doesn't fucking suck. And I feel like uh, every time that that one of these movies fail, these video game movies, that less likely that we'll get more of them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as time has gone on, I feel like that's come to a screeching halt. The uh, the first Resident Evil movie wasn't terrible. It was just yeah. I would say it was mediocre plus. Okay. Okay. But then as they went on, it's like, oh my God, yeah. stop it. Got ridiculous. Stop it. Yeah. The first one, I, I quite enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Because that shit would be on TNT and Spike all the time. Yeah. 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 You know, watching that. And I was like, yeah, this is good. This yeah. is okay. 
But then, you know, as time went on, we got... I remember one, one of the and... first conversations I had with my wife. She's like, oh, I like Resident Evil. I'm like, oh, what's your favorite game? She's like, no, the movies. I'm like, uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, uh, Resident Evil 2, for, for the record. Um, Are you what? For, for the game. Uh-huh. That's my favorite game. Yeah, it's a favorite game? Yeah. Uh, so, the remastering, how do you feel about that? I think we talked about this, but I don't know. Good and bad. Um, I think the updated graphics will look great. I just think it's a matter of can the if they're keeping the old mechanics, can it stand the test of time? Yeah, because it yeah. did play super clunky, and there was like unnecessary shit. Like if you play as um, what was it, Chris and two? What was was his fucking name? It was Chris, right? And the second no, that was Leon. Uh, it was. I'm sorry, if it was Leon, yeah. There's so much lore behind all this. Yeah. Shit. If you played as Leon, you got like all. You didn't get as much as if you played as uh, we have uh, Rebecca. Nah, yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. And yeah, you know, there's just discrepancies and stuff. I think it'll do the hardcore fan base, which is like ever, ever diminishing yeah. some justice. But you know, we'll see. That's a it's in its dying throes. Yep. All right. So moving on. So this is something that I sent you via text message yesterday. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, our boy Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. new Joker. Yep. Uh, we saw the first pics we in did. the makeup in the suit. Opinions. All right. You want to go first or shall I go first? You go first. All right. I saw the picture and I fucking like it. I like it a lot. I think it looks uh, very sinister and kind of, and this comparison was going to come. You guys know it. Looking at Heath Ledger's Joker, Mm -hmm. he looked like a Joker and the sinister came from the movie and the action and the execution. Joaquin's Joker, just from the picture, looks very unsettling and I like that. Uh, did you see the, the screen test with it? The little video? That I came did on? not see the screen test, no. All right, so obviously they have him without the makeup, right? Mm-hmm. Just him being... Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. And um, at first, uh, like, it was just him kind of standing there, and then they had, like, film going over his face and having his face line up with... Oops, my bad. With the have, Joker. Having his face line up with the, some of the footage that they may have recorded with him in, in, the, in the get-up already. Uh, what was important to me... Uh, was at the end of the screen test. They had him in the full makeup, right? Him, him actually there, and he's kind of he got like this stupid kind of grin on his face, and then he kind of got serious. And you're just like, I like that. That fits. Um, I I don't hate it. I, I think uh, there's you know naturally when anything like this happens, when it comes from like the aspect of what people like, what the characters look like, and any fucking iteration of this has been like. Oh my god, it's the fucking worst thing ever. Yeah, oh, you're gonna have those people. Not, this is not comic book accurate. What the fuck? Eh. Yep. It's like, well, first off, it's an adaptation. It's an adaptation. Uh, it's a Joker origin, Joker origin story, and we don't really have one. I mean, I know we have the Killing Joke, but he said he would rather have a past that is multiple choice. We don't know his origin story, and uh, we don't know how this movie's gonna be shot. We don't know if that's even his final look. Because uh, he looks kind of like a stage clown, right? Yep, um, yeah, he does. And if that's what he's reminiscent of, the masks in uh, the beginning of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't look like the Joker that you know. But like, why? It's not. So for me, it's not so much the look; it's the execution of how you act towards it. Now, Joaquin Phoenix has some fucking tremendous acting chops. He is very capable, I believe, to pull this character off. Absolutely. Uh, and if he looks cool, that's just secondary to me. I know a lot of people are freaking out. Like I said, I looked up on IGN when they posted the shit. People were fucking losing their goddamn mind. I believe in Joaquin Phoenix. I believe he can pull this off very well. So, I may not be sold 100%. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was, oh my God, fucking burn, okay. it, burn it with fire. 
But I think um, there could be some improvement there. And then there is no necessary, like I said, not necessarily known to be the final look. This might Here's be. my thing. Okay. And um, I, I like the costume. I, I like the makeup. My thing is that none of that's going to matter if the writing is so, shit. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the teetering point. Because, like you said, when Dark Knight came out, people were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is too gritty. This is too real. And then, you know, we got Heath Ledger and we know how that went down. Yeah. Right? So my thing is, even if you think the costume is mediocre, even if you hate it, if they pull off good writing, directing, production, and, you know, I'm not even going to count Joaquin Phoenix's acting because that's a given. Mm -hmm. If he fucks the role up, it's not because of him. It's because of writing, just like Henry Calville, right? We're not going to get into that again, but... But if the execution is pulled off, that's all that fucking matters. Because you could hate the costume. You could hate Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You could hate whoever the fuck directed this movie. If it's done well, and it's shot well, and it's produced well, it will, none of that will matter. Mm -hmm. And that's just the that's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you when the whole Heath Ledger thing came out, when the, those stills first came out, oh my god, the fucking world exploded. People were fucking freaking out. But, you know, arguably the greatest... Adaptation. On screen, uh, live action Joker, because uh, Mark Hamill is still my Joker. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. Isn't it? But, yeah, because nobody knows that voice better than him. But um, yeah, so I don't hate it. Uh, I think people need to calm the yeah. fuck down. And, and the big thing is, it's an adaptation. Yeah, It's from the writer-director's point of view. And yeah. I think it's great that we see him without the makeup, because he looks so unassuming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Copy that. So uh, I think that's good contrast to what you know he'll become. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I got the next yeah. ticket. So, uh, like yeah. Zoink Scoob. Yeah. Um, Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island is officially 20 years old as of yesterday. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Yesterday was its birthday. Turned 20 years old. Arguably the best oh, yeah. Scooby-Doo film out there. Yeah. I would say that some can compete. Um, those four from uh, studio, Direct to Home, I believe is was what they're called, was Zombie Island, Witches Ghost, Space Invaders, and Cyber Chase. And um, those four really cemented my love for Scooby-Doo because uh -huh. I had all four of them. They were fucking great, and each brought something new to the table. Zombie Island is still my favorite. Yeah. So that being said, let, let's have some uh, let's have some good recollections of the gang. Man, it's fucking man, we talked about Scooby-Doo in the past, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. um, but man, like every time those Halloween movies came, like Halloween came around, like you would have like Scooby-Doo in the Ghoul School. Oh, I remember the ghoul school. That yeah. was a good one. Uh, they played that volleyball game. Yeah. Uh, Against like the fucking... Uh, That's when Shaggy had the red shirt, dude. Yeah, oh, like shit. the Boy Scouts and shit like that. Um, yeah, Ooh. man. It's good. It's great shit, <clears throat> obviously. And Zombie Island was like different, totally kind of vibe. Zombie totally. Island was the twist on it, man. Yeah. It was, it was a, a twist on the typical Scooby-Doo. Completely different tonally. Very serious, especially near, you know, when shit started to get real, in, you know, pun intended. Uh, but, man... Here's my thing, why I love Zombie Island. The the writers took some creative liberties with mm -hmm. it, and you see them kind of past Mystery Incorporated. You yeah. see Daphne living her life, and you know she's a uh, news actor. She has a report, yeah. something like that, right? TV show. And it's totally fitting, mm -hmm. totally fucking fitting. Velma's in the library hitting the books, mm -hmm. and then you know you have Shag and Scoob essentially just touring the world, yeah, yeah. and just you know trying all these food places. I can't remember what Fred did. He was with Daphne. He was he was the yeah. camera guy. He yeah. was the the camera guy, right? And it's just so fitting because, like, they got to this point in their life where they're like, we don't want to do this anymore. Because mm -hmm. every time it's been a hoax. It's always it's a guy in a fake, mask. And, you know, like, what are we doing? And they kind of grew up. Mm -hmm. And then comes the whole thing where it's like, hey, this island, Crescent Island is fucking haunted. Yeah. Right? And Daphne's like, 
well, I need a good story, and this is a good excuse to get the gang back together for yeah. one kind of last huzzah. Yeah. And little did they fucking know what they were getting into. Yeah. And that on top of that, oh, I call it the the gritty 90s animation style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of, you look at a lot of stuff, and you're like, yeah, that's from the 90s, you know? And I like the, the, the soundtrack. The, the world building. Was oh, like, yeah, the world building was excellent. Yeah, the, the you know, the people with the Creole kind of Bayou kind yeah, of yeah. accent fucking nailed it perfectly. Um, and like you said, like, I feel like the, not necessarily the zombie island story itself, but like, since we're getting a, a true to form, dark and gritty Sabrina, I think we can get a true to form kind of dark and gritty Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. on Netflix and kind of have them be like supernatural, but awesome and not shitty. So yeah, man, that was excellent. And then we had, um, the, the other one I kind of want to touch base on is cyber chase because mm-hmm. cyber chase was the last of the four movies that were direct to home. And it kind of brought something about, you know, Cyber Chase, I would say it's probably eh, probably my least favorite of the bunch. i actually never seen it. You've never seen Cyber Chase? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the beauty of it was they're kind of stuck inside this video game, right? Okay. And the last level is they meet themselves in video game form. And they have this long, drawn-out conversation, right, with, like, video game Fred and video game Daphne. <laughs> and their whole philosophy is, like, well, if we beat the game, we go back to level one. And that's why, you know, this last level is, like, this amusement town park thing right and they're like well why would we do that when we're perfectly complacent here just solving mysteries and hanging out and i was like dude that's so beautiful they're talking to themselves in like a retrospect of what like the the fred daphne velma scoob and shag that are that they're talking to mm-hmm. is like this perfect encapsulation of the, what they once were as like yeah as like you know as like the mystery yeah you know mysteries incorporated well, the only thing they cared about was solving mysteries mystery and, and hanging, hanging out, out. And I thought that was so beautiful. That's very you, nice. Because you get the zombie island where they're all grown up, and you know they go into uh, canonically is uh, which is ghost, mm-hmm. um, space invaders or alien invaders, mm-hmm. and then cyber chase, and then that's just the kind of perfect beautiful wrap up mm-hmm. to of that, it of that big story, huh? Where where we're in a world in a virtual world, mystery incorporated still lives on and it's going strong. Yeah, and it was beautiful, man. Yeah. Kind of looking back at it in retrospect, it's it's, it's excellent. Yeah, that's great. And uh, yeah, man. That being said, Scooby Doo, big part of my life. I you know I guess kind of growing up in the late '90s, early 2000s, it should have been really. Yeah, well, I think if you were growing up within the last 40 years, Scooby Doo was there. Yeah. So. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Shag and Scoop. Oh, one quick little tidbit: the guy who played the actor who played Scooby, or I'm sorry, the actor who played Shaggy Rogers in the adaptation is playing the main character in Keith Buckley's novel's trailer. So Keith Buckley dropped the watch, and um, the main character is going to be portrayed by the dude who played Shaggy Rogers. <laughs> Interesting. In, in essence, Shaggy Rogers is going to be Keith Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so real quick. Now, this is something I didn't throw on, but I was having a conversation with my wife and my mother last night about this. Sure. And this is probably something that's going to have to probably evolve into a topic next week. But off the top of your head, mm-hmm. can you name the top five franchises that you enjoy the most? Now, this is including, uh, I, I would say it will start with a movie property, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, there could be games and stuff like that. Overall, as a whole, what like film franchise do you enjoy top five the most? Are we sticking to film or are we sticking to any property? Let's do film. Let's say film. Yeah. Star Wars is definitely up there. Star Wars has always been big and influential in yeah. my life. After that, Harry Potter, okay. easily. Uh, Lord of the Rings follows. Okay. 
uh, after loader, then that's when things start to get interesting. Yeah. I would say Nightmare on Elm Street has always been up there for me. Okay. It's always been up there floating about. Um, hmm. Now, what is the fifth one? Yeah. That's interesting, right? It's uh, it's probably going to be a, a weird conglomeration of like early 2000s, like Nicktoons and like Cartoon Network stuff. Like there okay. was a lot of good stuff. Like, I don't know, Ed, Ed, and Eddie was always kind of up there for me. I really enjoyed that art form, mm-hmm. you know, for as long as it was up. But then, you know, looking back at Avatar, that had much more of like a philosophical impact on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's really up to debate. But uh, kind of clearing the fog, I would have to say Full Metal Alchemist because that was, that was something I watched when I was young, very impressionable. And it, you know, for for better or for worse, it fucked me up. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess you could tell because I got the I got the piece on my arm. Yeah. You know, so I think that's definitely up there. Okay. Those are probably my top five. Um, subject to rearrangement and or change. Yeah. Because uh, I was thinking about this because we were watching Back to the Future, right? I'm like, this is this has to be, you know, top five for me. I was thinking. Did it about make it. the cut though? Is the question? No. Here's my deal. Uh-huh. I'm like, it has to be top five, right? I said this like confidently. Then I sat there thinking, I'm like, well, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Halloween, Halloween. Uh huh. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Fucking um Star Trek. Toy Story. Toy okay, Toy Story. Star Trek. And then I'm like, I started to in my head, I'm like, it started to slowly kind of now you're like, is it gonna cut ten? Yeah, I'm like, it doesn't I'm sure it's ten. I think it's like nine or something. I think I ended up deciding it was like nine. I'm trying to think of the other ones that were like made the list on the top of my head. But it's harder than you think. Because like you said, the the first maybe two or three are no brainers. Obvious, right. Yeah. But after that, you're like, hmm. Fuck. Where's that shit? Rocky. Rocky was on. Um, and then I, I had a list of mine. I'm like, oh, that, that's for sure. And uh, my list is like Rocky. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to redo my whole list because yeah. of one movie. It's, it's, like, it's kind of like, because um, I was, you know, I've been thinking about the whole album of the year thing. I think I have somewhat of a more concrete list. Okay. Now we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll review that in a minute. But yeah. yeah, that is an interesting topic. And that is definitely something we should kind of extrapolate on. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Star Wars. Has been up there, but let me tell you this: it's not because of the movies. Yeah, it's because of everything else. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, hint, hint. All the shit I love isn't ca- canon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, man, legends. It is what it is. Yes, sir. Let's talk some gaming. So I slapped this topic on there because, well, now most of the days you get games that tell you how many hours you dropped into uh, your save, your profile, whatever it may be. So, um, how many hours do you have on Siege? I haven't looked in a minute. Uh, last time I checked, it was over a hundred. I don't have that many hours. Okay, I think I just broke 115. Yeah, and um, and that being said, I don't think that's the most by a long shot that I put into a game. No, definitely not. What is the game that you think you put the most time into? Black Ops Two, Black Ops One, Black Ops One. I think I had like 16, 17, 18 days on it. That's pretty impressive. I think I had like a week on COD Four. Yeah, that's arguably the one I put the most time into. Uh, The OG, not the remake, by the way. Um, uh, for me. A game that always has me coming back. There's two of them that I, I bring the like the, the forefront of my mind. First one is a Star Wars title, actually. It's uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. It's an old RPG. I love it. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I try to stick to a schedule replay. It mm-hmm. has a lot of good replay value. Yeah. And there's a team called Aperion who's doing a remake, a total bottom-up remake of the first one. Okay. And that's and that's kind of been like my driving force. I'm like, I need to replay the old one, and then when they drop that, I'm playing the dick out of that because mm-hmm. they're bringing all the old stuff into the new age and it okay. looks fucking great so that being said with all the profiles and characters and saves i've had in that i would say it's easily over 500 hours because my thing is like it has to stand the test of time right so like 
Yeah, it's got to be something you eventually come back to. Yeah, right. Because so, because what you played ten years ago isn't necessarily mm-hmm. what are you what you're gonna play now. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like one that a game that I find myself always going back to is Smite. I fucking love it. Okay. I've, I've been playing it a little bit again recently. So so maybe not there now, but probably in the future it's gonna be up there. Yeah. Because you're consistently going back and yeah. playing. Because it's just it's such a. Ugh, I love it. Such a good game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all time though, man. I was thinking. Games that I just dumped fucking ridiculous amount of hours into. Probably Perfect Dark on the N64. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good copy. Um, which coincides with GoldenEye. Put a lot of time mm-hmm. in that. Um, let me think. WWF No Mercy. Wow, I remember that game. Yeah. That was, that was an excellent game. You know, you could still, and this is fucked up because I've actually looked at it. You could still go through the create a wrestler and create wrestlers that are on the roster today. Wow. With like what's in the game, what's included in the game. That's how you know it's a good uh, yeah. character system. Yeah, it fucking works still. Good stuff. Um, man, like, shit. Now I feel like because the question is different because if I if I feel like um, if the question was what game can you go back to today and still enjoy this would be a much broader list, but because um, like Metal Gear, any of the Metal Gears fucking fit the, fit that. Oh, uh, would you say any of the Tony Hawk games break? The list of thug, thug one, thug one, mm-hmm. good copy. Oh, dude, oh yeah, definitely. I was, just like, yeah, I, was I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, definitely thug one. I, I, it's, I probably created that story like or created a character and went through that story probably seven eight times. Uh, I have something in the same vein. It's not a Tony Hawk game, but it's a uh, it's an inline skating game. Inline skating, man. Uh, that's not the game. Oh, okay. Um, but it's called Jet Set Radio Future, mm. and it's uh, it does cell shading art, so it's very bright colors. It's very like in your face attitude, and the soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's produced by a uh, Japanese producer by the name of Hideki Naganuma. Uh-huh. Um, very in your face throwback electro kind of stuff. Very, you know, uh, very uh, upbeat. Cool and. Story was, I don't know, eight hours playthrough, but the gameplay was just so smooth and the level designs were so fucking excellent and intricate. Just so much fun playing through mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like a burden to do an annual playthrough, yeah, yeah. which is coming up for me. Yeah. So um, I've definitely... Jet Set Radio Future. Jet Set Radio Future, man. It's a game unlike anything else. Cool. And it's one of those where if you played it, you know it and you love it. If you didn't, you're like, oh, this is you know, a very cult following thing. Well, I was thinking about it, uh, well, now that you, when you were talking about it. Now I don't have a singular title that I could like point out, mm-hmm. but the franchise, hands down, that I've put the most ti- Call time. Call of Duty. No, no. That I've put the most time into is Mortal Kombat. Ah, yeah. Like hands down. Good copy. Because I every now and then I, I'll, you'll still see me pop an X and just fucking go apeshit. Because it's good to uh, meditate on. That yeah. Um, and just from like from the beginning, obviously from one to now. I can't even explain how many hours I fucking dumped yeah, into man. it. When I was a two-year-old kid sitting in front of my Sega Genesis and I had Mortal Kombat 2 popped in, Lord knows how much time I put For me, the, uh, the gateway game was uh, 3 Ultra. Mm-hmm. 3 Ultra was uh, what really got me. Ultimate. I'm sorry, yeah, Ultimate. <laughs> and uh, Oh, speaking about 3 Ultimate, I got bad news. Mm. Uh, Galloping Ghost got rid of all the pinball machines. You told me that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. Bummer. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, so, let's talk some Sony talk. Yeah. So, uh, they dropped the PS Classic. Which is a shrunken down version of the PlayStation 1, two controllers, and 20 games preloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's set to retail at about $100. Bucks, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Um, I got some strong feelings about this one. I'm cool with it. Uh, I just think it needs the, the, the library of games has to be important. Because I know they haven't announced that full list yet. I know mm-hmm. they threw out Tekken 3 and Final Fantasy 7. Okay. Or like the big ones that they threw out there. Yeah, Final Fantasy 7 is like a must. Yeah. Um, but, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm cool with it. Um, 
they're piggybacking off the Nintendo nostalgia train. Absolutely. And 100%. I, I, it sucks because it's kind of shitty. It's like, well, it comes with the original idea, but at the same time, it's such a great idea. It's like, no shit. Everybody should fucking do it. Duh. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was, I was a Sony fan during that time, but mm-hmm. I was more of an N64 person during that era. Did you have a PlayStation one? I did. Yes. Okay. Uh, but, um, I was more of the N64 gotcha. during that time. Now, when the PlayStation 2 came out, Game changer. it was over with. Yeah, it was over. Now, that is a classic that I could fucking get behind. Fucking, that's a different conversation entirely. Uh, I'm, you know, I was telling you, like, maybe we'll get it. I don't know. It's 100 bucks. I mean, you're, you probably go to the fucking game, a game up right now or fucking disc replay and probably pick one up for like 30 bucks. But um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not mad at them for it, but. Um, We'll see. It really depends on what that preloaded list is. That's really a determining factor for me as far as like if I'm actually going to end up getting it or not. You know? Uh, so what are your strong opinions on it? I have a feeling that... I think it is a lazy fucking cash grab. Yeah. I think it's a terrible idea because uh, you actually beat me to my point. You can go out and buy an original PlayStation 1. You could buy two controllers. You could buy a stack of games. And you can even buy the fucking AV to HDMI converter mm-hmm. upscaler. All for underneath $100. Mm-hmm. And it'll be more authentic. Yeah. Here's my issue with the PS Classic. First of all, it doesn't come with a fucking power cable. How lazy is that? What? you got to buy the power cable. Get separately. the fuck out of here. And you know what? I promise you they're going to make a proprietary Sony one that's going to be like, oh, this is this is the PS Classic power cable. It's $30, but if you use anything else, you're not covered by warranty. You're fucked. Yeah. And that's exactly how it's going to go down. That's what they're going to do with that. Second of all, the controllers don't have fucking analog sticks. That's, that's the original. What the dick? That's I, the- yeah, I understand that, but... The PS1 still... I had controllers that had the analog sticks. Yeah. And I had them without the analog sticks. Why would you not include that? Or, what, or even make it an option? Well, I think the idea is that this was as released when the console came out. And, and then thirdly... I do see your understanding. And then thirdly, the 20 fucking games? Yeah. Why even bother? Why not just make those games backwards compatible on the PlayStation 4? Why not throw it into, uh, what is it, the PS Now? PS Now, yeah. Why? Though, they are going to start dumping more titles out here into that PS Now service. For the yeah, because Microsoft's been on the fucking forefront of that yeah. with their service. And and my thing is, like, Nintendo knows they could do it and knows they could get away with it because they do it well. Yeah. And I can't I can't diss on Nintendo for that. Mm-hmm. Sony, what the fuck? 20 fucking titles? And if Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 isn't one of them, oh, I didn't even think you, you best bet I'm going to shit talk that thing. Yeah, I didn't even and think about that. It's disrespectful. Honest to God, I think it is... A lazy fucking cash grab. They're like, hmm, what are our competitors doing? And they're like, oh, Nintendo furiously scribbles on Notepad. Yeah. And that's my major beef with it. Mm-hmm. It's $100, but it's really not. And then are we going to get a full, like, are we going to get like something like, well, I want more games. Oh, too bad you're stuck with a 20. Yeah. Are they going to do something like, hey, here's an update. Here's 20 more games. Because, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong. It's not I'm, like sure, the... I'm sure they'll pick 20 good titles. Uh-huh. But how long can you see yourself playing those 20 Well, it can play PlayStation 1 disc, right? No. It can't? It doesn't fit a disc. It doesn't fit a disc at all? No. Oh, I didn't know that. That was just under the assumption. It's a small boy. It's like, it's like a slightly larger than a piece of toast. Oh, I was under the impression that it could, it could play. Nope. Oh, fuck that then. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was under the impression that you could fucking just. I, have, I still have my PlayStation 1. I never got rid of it. I still have it. And, you know, I got rid of. Most of my games, I kept the ones that I cherished. Yeah. Pro Skater 2, Star Gladiator, uh, Twisted Metal, uh, Metal Arms. 
mm-hmm. stuff like that, man. I, I kept those because I, I knew one day I was like, yeah, dude, 10 years down the line, I'm going to want to revisit this. And yeah. I'm going to want to do it on my terms, mm-hmm. not some used foo-foo GameStop $80 terms. <laughs> okay. So yeah. that being said, um, I did some proactive exploring because I, I was like legitimately upset about this. this. You were heated over Yeah, this. I was a little heated. I went out on eBay. I found a, a good used PlayStation 1 Slim for $26. PlayStation 1 Slim? They had Slim PlayStation 1s? Yeah. They had the old Fatboy PS1, which is what I had. They had the nice cut-down one. It was a PS1 Slim. I don't know if that's if they called it the Slim. They had like a much smaller version of it. Huh. And it ran arguably better. But you could get the better version of the PS1, 26 bucks Ship. And then you just pay for the games you want. You know, a couple cents here, a couple cents there. Maybe for something more classic like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or Final yeah. Fantasy VII, yeah, ten bucks. But what is ten bucks to the nostalgia gaming, to the gaming consumer? Nothing. Ten bucks is nothing to the ten, gaming. Ten bucks is a DLC pack. Well, yeah, like half a DLC pack now. Yeah. So that's my argument. I think Sony. I, I think if you were going to re-release the PlayStation One, first and foremost, you should take care of your PS Plus users and make that shit backwards compatible. And I get it. You got to make money somehow, but. There's there's a lot of people out there that are upset about it, and I'm one of them. Copy I that. just think it's a uh, it's a lazy cash grab, honest to god. Well, I think we're different in the regard because, like I said, I valued my N64 more during that time than you probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's uh, that's, that's a big devising factor. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. That being I, said, uh, Pro Skater Two was available on the N64. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's um, like I said, the PS2 Classic, different story though. It depends on the games. Yeah, even then, man, they're I promise you, they'd fuck that up. Because we'll PS2 has the biggest game library, period. Yeah. And how are you going to satisfy everyone? You're not. And how many greatest hits did they have on that fucking console? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Every game came with a greatest hits version with that little black bar up top and the red box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Actually, it was the other way around. It was the white, the red bar with the black boxing. Okay, copy that. <laughs> yeah, but, but like most games came with the greatest hits version. was just Def Jam Vendetta. Give me that shit. Fucking. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, I remember when Def Jam was still about fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, copy mm-hmm. that. A lot of good PS2 titles yeah lots of good ones like a lot like i can't splitters oh my god to bring that back you know that yeah i heard um jack and dexter Dexter, yeah the ratchet and clanks yeah oh my god what's that prince of persia i wouldn't say that was an exclusive but that was an exclusive what no it wasn't because i had prince of persia on the xbox really yep no it was only that person that was exclusive nope but um the metal gears of the world and lots of good shit on the ps2 but, you know, that's a uh, subject to fuck up. And I think, uh, I mean, I see your point. I understand. I understand your feelings behind it, bruh. All right, talk to me about some Red Dead. All right, so this is something that I think they did this last time with, um, or Rockstar did it last time with uh, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. New Grand Theft Auto came out, and the online came out after the fact, right? So obviously Red Dead Redemption, highly anticipated game. It's probably, it's going to launch with the online, right? No. No. It's good. They're going to have a beta for it after the release. Okay. Um, and my thing is, like, I understand that for because fucking those files for like GTA are like, yeah, it's an eighty good game. It's yeah, crazy. It's absurd. And granted, it has the content to fill all that. So I, you know, it's not like just fucking taking up space for no reason. Uh, I imagine Red Dead will be in the same ballpark. And uh, like I said, I understand that they want to get the game out, but you're selling me half a game. Uh yeah, welcome to yeah twenty twelve through twenty eighteen yeah, uh, and uh, I have a fundamental issue with that. 
I hate being sold half a game. And and you know, kind of, because um, did you see the the six minute long video that Sony dropped about Red Dead? Mm-hmm. How it's all like the all the world building, and you have your gang and stuff. Have you seen that? No. I I didn't want to get the game at first. I saw that, and I was heavily tempted to go put down a pre order. Oh, so pre orders for game? Yeah, right. What? And and I was like, first of all, uh, trailer theory. Stay you know stay far the no pre orders, and um. But that trailer did a really good job of selling me, your average consumer, not even a hardcore, your average consumer to wanting to get the game. But, you know, me kind of getting out of my euphoria, I was like, no pre-orders. Wait till the game drops. Wait for reviews. Wait at least a month. Well, it's going to be fantastic. The game is going to be fantastic. I have no doubt in my mind. Because Rockstar has yet to release it like a very bad game. Like a bad, or a bad game in general. Uh, like, Ellie Noir was fucking amazing. Like, just, like this shit, like, they're going to do a great job. I just take issue with them selling me half a game. Yep. Well, I guess it's common will, practice now. Granted, it will be a full game at some point, but don't release it until you're ready to go. Until it's ready to go. You know what I mean? Because um, it's just, it bothers me. And then you're going to have your fucking game on two different uh, like, uh, fixed, like, pipe or patch cycles where down lines over here getting this and the fucking, you know what I mean? Stories getting this, yeah. yeah. So uh, definitely check out that, that video that Sony dropped about it because that'll. I'm telling you, that'll make you want to get it even more. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We'll Red Dead is a property you do not want to fuck up. Yeah, because it was the fucking crazy ass. Did you finish God of War? Are you caught up on the story? The story, yeah. The story. Okay, good copy. But, uh, like all the extra shit. That's good copy. Shit. Yeah. It's a lot of damage. Yeah. And then, like I said, they did that shit right. Mm-hmm. Sound did that right. I talked about it last week. I might get to that further, but, yeah. Respect. Oh, shit. Respect the technique. Hold on. Uh-oh. Check your cable, buddy boy. What the hell? Stop you, fucking with me, microphone. <laughs> Having well, some technical well, difficulties. Your mic, but uh, that was annoying. Yeah, man. Welcome to uh, welcome to Jacob's man cave, where it works fifty percent of the time. Forty. Shit, man. Stop. Fine. I don't want to buy another cable, man. Fuck. Yeah. It is. So um, I got next topic on gaming. Have you heard of a game by the name of Iron Sight? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay, I, I didn't think a uh, simpleton like you would. Oh, thanks, bro. <laughs> so Iron Sight is a uh, it's an it's an open beta right now. It's free okay. to play. And um, it plays like Black Ops One and Black Ops Two. It is a first person shooter. It is fucking fun. It is excellent. Uh, the maps are gorgeous and well designed. Uh-huh. The guns are fun to use. Um kill streaks are easy. The game takes all the good simple elements of Call of Duty, throws it into one package. Gives you really good gameplay, really fun, in-your-face action, and it's fucking excellent. So, what's uh, the catch? What's the ca- There's no catch at the moment. Here's how the game works. Uh, it's free to play. It's absolutely free to pay. The stuff you pay for, there's two things you could pay for. First one is cosmetics. And the second one is Think Founders Pack from Smite. You start the game off with three guns. You get an SMG. You get an assault rifle and you get a sniper rifle. Okay. You can buy more weapons through the in-game currency, or you can buy this quote-unquote founders pack and just unlock all the guns right off the bat. Okay. Those are your two options: cosmetics, or the you know the founders pack is what we'll call it. 
Okay. Um, like I said, you can play the game, and I've bought more weapons through the course of my time. Um, the gun plays really well. Uh, the maps have tiered excellence. There's all, all the maps are multi-leveled, and there's a lot of like fucking around and gunplay you can do. Um, all your traditional modes are there. Team deathmatch, uh, search and destroy. You have uh, like a capture the flag esque kind of game. Um, then you have like the special modes where it's like snipers only. Mm-hmm. And let me say this about Iron Sight: the snipers in this game are super, super satisfying. When you get the one tap, you just when you're like, oh, you just feel so godly. This game plays well. Is, I like it. Is this available? This is the downside. It is not available. On Bastard. <laughs> and and here's my thing. Um, you know, everybody talks about the Call of Duty killer. That was like the title ever since Modern Warfare 2, right? This is the new Call of Duty killer. Mm, we haven't really gotten a Call of Duty killer. Not yet, no. Right? Um, I think this would do it if it was available on console. Yeah? Because why so? is everybody playing Fortnite? Because it's free to play. Simple. True. I think everybody would hop on this uh, Ironside bandwagon. Iron bandwagon. And uh, yeah, man, if you're ever... If you're ever over, if I ever decide to bring the rig over, we're popping that shit in. All right. We're playing. Because I'm telling you, it plays like like a strange mix of Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2. Okay. Okay. Like the like the kill streaks, uh, you earn them over time. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to get like the like three in a row or seven in a row. You kind of earn them over time, but they're more expensive. But it's it's like a little futuristic, but not totally unreasonable. So it's like Black Ops 2 in regards to that. Okay. And it, a lot of these maps are destructible environment. Like there's a map called Sandstorm where it's like in the middle of Iraq or whatever. And there's like this giant pipeline tower. And then like halfway through the game, you'll get hit with a massive fucking sandstorm and you can't see shit. And you got to be really careful. There's like a Darud sandstorm. Yeah. Like do to do to do type of shit. <laughs> but that being said, I'm trying to keep things fresh with this game talk. Cause a lot of the time it gets saturated with rainbow six siege. <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from that myself, to be honest. But that being said, iron sight free to play, check it out. Um, I think there's something in this game for everybody. If you're, this is a good game. Um, and I, I told this to my buddy, my, my siege buddy on, on PC. I was like, listen, I love siege. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. But you got to be 110%. You got to be awake and alive and you got to be aware. Yeah. You know, but with this, I, you know, I had music cranking through the headphones and I was like, wow, I, I kind of missed this. Mm-hmm. Just kind of relaxing and just, you know, mindless shooting. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's my little iron sight review for you. If you're on the border, check it out. It's not that. Um, space costly. It's very, very low, and you don't need any crazy specs to run it. I run on that. Probably not. Right? I'd have to look at what you have in there, but huh. we could take a look. It's Maybe. it's fun. It's genuinely fun. Interesting. Maybe we'll see. Uh, so I got another game on my radar right now, ooh. and I think you'll like it. So I might scoop it up tonight. Maybe next week. We'll see. But expect another game review coming from me soon. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got? It's a secret. Oh, copy that. All right. Well. Um, yeah, man, I'm getting, I'm going to get back into Smite. That's like my thing right now. That, I've been playing a lot of Madden. It's football season, so I'm going to be playing a lot of Madden. Yeah, good copy. Uh, but it is what it is. All right, so, Gabe, we have like 10 minutes, and then my the Bears start playing. The Bears. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's blast through this. You got the game called Versus. Yeah, so I brought it back. Two, two of these things, and there's something that, uh, that I thought would be an interesting conversation topic. Two things, only two. Uh, but... Something that crossed my mind. Lost together, lost forever by the architects, or all gods have abandoned us by the architects. Which one is better and why? What aspect? As a whole? As a whole. Uh, I would say all our gods have abandoned us because if you look at the rest of respect in the architects' timeline, 
they knew that Tom was dying. He knew that he was dying. And this was his kind of uh, swan song. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do enjoy Lost Together, Lost Forevermore. Uh-huh. Um, I think lyrically, instrumentally, All Our Gods Have Vandas is, is arguably heavier. Mm-hmm. It's a lot crunchier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's kind of my point there. Okay. What, what do you think? Uh, I th- I, me personally, I think uh, from a narrative standpoint, uh, All Our Gods Have Vandas of the two mm-hmm. but musically I, I appreciate more of because uh, I think there's more catchier. yeah there was more uh, innovation on their part I feel like yeah um, architects are uh, good at that yeah they're always pushing the envelope so uh, that's why I like that one a little bit more but again this is something that I wanted to talk about real quick uh, number two which has been more costly to film and I, I think I already know where you're going to go with this the oversaturation of zombie films or the oversaturation of comic book movies go Comic book movies, yeah. much bigger budget, much more of them. Mm-hmm. You could film a zombie movie on like a two hundred thousand dollar budget and mm-hmm. still have it be semi decent. Yeah, that's my thing. That's your thing. You you have more and on a bigger scale. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I figured. Like I said, I figured that was going to be your answer, but I thought it was fun. Those are two things I just wanted to throw out there real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. Again. Cool. Um, you want to skip it for this week since you're in a rush? What sort this? Sort this. I rather I rather do sort this and. Skip All right. Let, let's talk. Let's talk some sort real this. quick. Sure. Davey quick shout out to Davey Muse. fucking Muse from Vanna <laughs> and Trove and all his uh, special speaking arrangements uh, for sh- guess giving the podcast a listen on Twitter. My mind fucking blew during yeah, the, man. the whole thing. That was good. I, I took a little screenshot of the of his reply and I was yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Good uh, stuff. Thank you, Davey. So shout out, Davey, if you're listening to this. Hopefully you are. We're fans. We're big fans. Yeah, man. There <laughs> was a there's like a 30 episode spree where we couldn't just not talk about Vanna. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I got an interesting list. Sort this. Do you want a refresher of the houses or do you think you're okay? I'm good. Okay. Andy from The Office. Andy from The Office. He is... Hmm. Slytherin. Because self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's probably a really big thing with him and always trying to get ahead. Always trying to get more. Okay. Uh, but there was, especially at the beginning, eventually became more of a kind-hearted, well-meaning to do person. But... I think initially he was definitely still there. That's my opinion. Copy that. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, no strong opinion. No strong opinion. No strong opinion. Uh, Iron Man. Uh, somewhere between, definitely either a Ravenclaw or a Gryffindor. Actually, I think he's a Slytherin. Really? He's very goal oriented. Okay. Um, and I think he's very. Um, let, let me put it in this light. If he wasn't framed as a hero, what would he be? Almost like an anti-hero, right? Mm-hmm. He's always looking out for himself and mm-hmm. for Stark Incorporated, and he he does a lot of dumb shit, like look at Age of Ultron. Well, I, well, initially yes, but I feel like he was well-meaning in a lot of those things. He was looking out for the fate of the world, mm. of the whole Age to of Ultron. To be fair, thing. though, being a Slytherin doesn't mean you're a cold-hearted bitch. Yeah, I guess. All right, uh, moving on. You're gonna like this one, Ed Boon. <laughs> what is Ed Boon? He's the troll in the dungeon. He's the troll in the dungeon. <laughs> there's trolls in the dungeon. That that's Boone. Okay, uh, moving so, on. Yeah, there's no other uh, answer for that. Sub Zero, the second one, not the not the OG one. The Sub Zero we know him. Quilling. Um, Dude, the man is all about honor, man. He's. I, I have I have a standpoint on this one. Go ahead. I think he's a Hufflepuff. Really? Because uh, especially in X, where uh, nine and nine and ten, where he was kind of more fleshed out, he's very loyal. He's like. Uh, Lin Kuei or die, bitch. Yeah. And I think he's a Hufflepuff because, well, obviously he's hardworking if he's the Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. And, Dedicated. And That's loyalty is, is like the big character trait that I'm getting from him. Isn't that a Gryffindor trait? Uh, Gryffindor is courage, daring, and chivalrous. Okay. 
Hufflepuff is hardworking, dedication, patience, and loyalty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, like you said, Grandmaster of the Lin Kuei. Uh, he's worked very hard to um, restore the honor of the Lin Kuei, mm-hmm. even going as far as setting up a meeting with Scorpion to set that whole thing straight. Yeah. And uh, I would say there's even like hints of Slytherin because he's a very strong leader yeah, in that regards. Definitely. So uh, moving on, uh, Dick Grayson slash Nightwing. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff? Loyalty to bats. His, mm. he, he had an undying loyalty to, the, to that guy because it was like his father. And there, there was that whole... Such an undying loyalty that he stopped being Robin and became Nightwing, huh? Well, yeah, you have to think about fucking trying to live in that man's shadow. You try living in Batman's shadow. See how fucking annoyed you get with that shit real hey, quick. Hey, man, it doesn't sound like no loyalty to me. And it's also, it's not like they weren't communicating. I mean, obviously they had words, but, you know. I think he's a Ravenclaw. Really? Strong okay. personality. He's clever. He's witty. Uh, individuality. Yeah. Is a trait yeah. of Ravenclaw. Okay. And don't get me wrong, I think he's to an extent loyal to Batman. But um, my my whole thing is like exactly what you said. How long can you live in somebody's shadow? Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted the spotlight of his own and became Nightwing. Okay. I think he's a he's a good Ravenclaw. Okay. That's just my thought. Fair enough. Shaggy Rogers. You're gonna laugh at my answer. He's not a Gryffindor. I think he's a Gryffindor. How is he a Gryffindor? All right. Think about it, right? He's always stuck in these sticky fucking situations, okay. right? And at any point in any of the movies, films, series, whatever, he could have just said, fuck this. I'm going home. But you know what? <laughs> he doesn't because that's his boys out there, bro. This man's courageous. And you know what? Even though he's scared shitless, he's daring. Okay. He's out there. He puts his neck out there he is against the one stuff that, he doesn't know. Him and Scooby are the ones that meant... To get chased after the villains and kind of lead them into the trap, aren't they? Nine hey, times, man. Nine times everybody time. serves a purpose. Yeah. And they, you know what? And they're I the think, ones that have to confront I him. think he's a very unwilling Gryffindor. And that's just my opinion. Okay. Interesting. All right. Though what do you, you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... Because it's kind of hard to place him because he... Which one's the one that likes to eat? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which house is the one that likes to eat? I mean, I don't know. But... um. He's not... Would you say I swayed you? I wouldn't say he's cunning. I wouldn't say he's self-preservation. I, I ain't going into the that. house, but he goes uh, into the house. I would he... argue against that, yeah. yeah. Like I said, man, he's a very unwilling Gryffindor. So that, that's just my opinion. Okay. All right, All right this last one is a uh, concept piece. Um, what house is the Space EP as a whole, as a narrative? As a narrative. Space EP as a narrative. What house does it fit into? Hmm. Have nar- I stumped him? The narrative. Think about the story of the Space EP for a moment. Huh. This is a hard one, huh? Well, if you're talking about the story of Elizabeth, then she would be a Gryffindor. If you're talking about the story of Elizabeth. Because she's going into space and something unknown. Yeah. Uh, Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of hard work and dedication when it comes to choosing such field. Um, it's kind of a toss-up, huh? Yeah, I would have a little to harder go, than you. I would think Gryffindor. You think Gryffindor? J- think. Just because the Elizabeth thing? Yeah. Okay. Your theory? My theory? Um, I I think depending on how you look at it, if you break it up song by song, we'd probably get all the houses and then some. Yeah. If you looked at it from a writing perspective, like us being the Devil Wears Prada, I would say that there's a lot of dedication to that piece. Yeah. Considering it's a six-song EP, and it's probably one of the best six-song EPs out there. The layers. Layers, 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 layers. layers. 
Um, I think it's really subjective, man. Um, obviously, you have that whole Elizabeth storyline. Then you have the opposite side where it's a uh, alien, mm-hmm. and then you have something more toned down, like Celestial Mechanics. I think it's super subjective. I just wanted to get your opinion on that, honestly. Interesting. Because if we pick it apart, I'm sure we could get all the houses, and then I'm sure if we picked it apart again, we get none of the houses. <laughs> so, that was sort this. Copy that. Good. Interesting, interesting. All right, so let's get this going. Uh, these right, are music. all you, buddy. So, uh, all that remains back in the studio. Um, from what I hear, it's pretty solid um, yeah. compared to their later work. They're taking stuff from Fall of Ideals. Kind of resurrecting that old, good, grimy metalcore days that we missed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I really got to say about it. Oh. So, uh, Papa Roach. Um, Purple Roach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you, you'd either decipher it or not decipher nah, it. I'm like, what is that? And I moved on with my life. So, um, yeah, bro, last resort, how old do you think it is? 18. 18, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 18 years old. They mm-hmm. can buy cigarettes now. Mm-hmm. Well, not in Cook County, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah man, that's wild. That's wild. Uh, and then one last farewell to... Uh, uh, what, what does it stand for? Knights I don't in know. Satan's Servants. Uh, I don't know. In Satan's... Uh, goodbye to Kiss and yeah. Good Riddance. Yeah, oh, Good yeah. Riddance. They're yeah. doing a farewell tour in 2019. They said that... Um, something along the lines of if you've never seen us and you've kind of thought about it, this is the time because this is going to be the biggest, baddest tour. So, hey man, uh, Gene Simmons, I got some beef with you. What's your beef with Gene Simmons? He's just a fucking asshole. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and uh, trying to copyright the horns, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Oh, I guess if you ever want to see Kiss, now's the time. No interest. I'll pass. Mm, uh, probably no interest as well. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is because it's just not. I don't, yeah, man. I think they. Did more to harm than you know. Help. I'd say thank you, good night, but we're reserving those for bands we like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. More like get the fuck out of my house <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning after I put on basketball shorts. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, um, yeah, I have no opinion on Kiss and could care less, honestly. Good cap. Like 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 Black Sabbath. Like I'm like that's that's yeah. Sad. We got to catch them. Yeah, you know that, that's sad. But like Kiss, I don't give like they to me they contribute nothing. So whatever, you know. But uh. Yeah, man. So I'm sure this is your certified bangers of the week. I did actually have something that I wanted to talk about. I actually have a little sneak peek. Oh, a sneak peek. Uh, My Ticket Home is dropping something this Friday. And all they said was that it's heavier than Unreal and it's catchier than Strangers Only. And you know what? You know what? That's music to my fucking (laughs) ears. Copy that. Uh, So actually, I have one. Uh, I actually mentioned this on Twitter. Ah, yes. Bad Omens. Also known as Better Bring Me the Horizon than Actually Bring Me the Horizon. Ooh, released a new butter the bread with butter. single called Careful What You Wish For. You love it? Fucking excellent. Yeah. It's so good. good uh, they're not pushing the bar in like any kind of particular direction, but it's Sepaternal Arrow Bring Me the Horizon. What what more do you want, ladies and gentlemen? Fuck. Good copy. Other than there is a hell Arrow Bring Me the Horizon. What more can you want? Great. That's uh, fair. I didn't bring anything to the bangers table for the first time in like 30 weeks. You know what's fucked up? Huh? Uh, not being a fan of this band on my new for the week Apple music thing. It fucking had two event sevenfold covers on yeah. my shit. One yeah, by a po- dropping the new stuff now. One what? on by upon a burning body. They, oh, uh, yeah. Reminiscence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll pass on that. But so, uh, I mean, it's a good cover upon I'm a burning body. Sure it is. Does their craft well as we know yeah, yeah. and i also saw a backcountry cover on there as well, well like, who did the backcountry cover uh but 
Hold on, let me pull that. Probably up. nobody that. No, I think it was somebody who was okay. Let me see. Hold on. Well, yeah, because they had a whole album come out with that stuff. I yeah. know Upon a Burning Body was up there for a while. Uh, Betraying the Martyrs. Ah. Yeah. They did Backcountry. Like I said, no interest. I haven't really got the chance to look through my For the Week stuff. Gotcha. But, yeah, this is just something that I wanted to talk so, about. So, uh, quick quick little shout out. And um, last year's album of the year needs a change. Needs a hard, hard change right now. For the record, um, I rescind uh, my statement that August Burns Red is album of the year. And I hand it to the young bloods that I am rooting for with every ounce of my being, Polaris. I, I fell in love with that album, The Mortal Coil. Fell in love with it again. I fucking love it. For the record, uh-huh. you cannot change your previous... I, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I just want to throw it out there. These are that not the rules. If I knew about this album in 2017, no contest. These are not, these are not the rules, Gabe. That is fine. You know what? I'll, I'll live with it. But give that album another listen to, man. That shit just got me through the week. You can't break the game, All Gabe. Right. <laughs> All right, but yeah, maybe put more thought into it next time, bruh. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, we we've definitely put more thought into it. I this would year. agree because last yeah. year was a whirlwind of all kind of crazy stuff, and we didn't even do the podcast for the full year last year. Yeah, and we had uh, it was just kind of like, oh, what's your album of the year? And then we're like, oh shit, yeah, I remember from the year. Exposure was minimum so last year. Let's come back next week with our top five list, and let's do a three fourths review of of kind of the albums, like a short little where we place everything, because I think we've had enough time to sit. On the albums we like. Uh, yeah, real quick before we sign off, uh, there was a new music video release for Ice Nine Kills, A Grave Mistake. Have you seen this? Eh, I kind of lost interest. Uh, I saw it. It, is, it does not fit the narrative of the, the previous I, two. My whole thing is this song doesn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I don't got to like every song off the album. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, like you said, is, is very ballady. I just doesn't cut it yeah. for me. You know? Yeah, definitely of the weaker of the songs that we've heard. I said that last week. Like, Blood of the Beast is probably more the ballad that I was looking for. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, that vein. Also, but hold on real quick. I wanted... I, this is because I was actually... Like I said, on iTunes, they actually have the album available now. Like, mm-hmm. for pre-order. And there was... Hold on. Where the fuck did this band go? It's I. I, Jacob. Fuck. What the fuck? So, they had announced, like, guest. They're going to have guests on this album. Uh-huh. And there was one that I thought what you would find most intriguing... Keith Buckley. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> so, um, It Is The End, which is the last song on the album, which is probably it. Fitting. They have Less Than Jake as a guest. The whole band? or uh, It says Less Than Jake. That's what it says. Featuring like, Less Than Jake. Hmm, are we going to get like a ska metalcore crossover? Uh, well, the, uh, Ice Nine Kill originally was a ska band. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, they also have Tony Lovato from uh, like Mest and yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's just uh, right, let's stop right there yeah. before this album gets any worse. Yeah. Right. But it is what it is. Other than that, I think that's the week, Gabe. Wrap it up like a condom, Jake. Man, I forgot what that was like. Anyway, uh, so yeah, check us out on Spotify, iTunes. Google Play. Such a radio pod bean. Yeah. Uh, anywhere that podcasts can be found. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, go ahead and like us on Twitter. We're kind of funny sometimes. I've been trying to get a little bit more active. Jacob's chasing that clout. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's really all I got for this week. We'll be back for next week. It's just 88. Wow. 88. Two fat ladies. Oh, yeah. wait. They can't use that in casinos anymore. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's offensive. Yeah. Everybody's soft. Everybody's soft. a Pillsbury Doughboy. Then Everybody's ladies. soft. Ladies and gentlemen. That was the second uh, City Kids podcast, and until next time.
Deuces.